Winners do what it takes to dominate. Losers lament and whine. Let BJ and Scooney do the homework for you so you can save your excuses for the boss. All the important fantasy football knowledge every week right here on Fantasy Football Winners and Whiners. Hello again, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to another edition of the Fantasy Football Winners and Winers podcast. I am Aaron, the Scooney Schoonmaker, along with the resident expert, BJ Rudell. BJ, how are you? Great, man. I, I didn't know you were the Scooney. This whole time I've been calling you Scooney. Should I change that up? I, th- I could give myself an additional title, no? The Scooney. Let's that do that. Sounds good to me, man. All right, all right. You've earned it. Um... And how are you doing? Speaking of titles, the Cubs won a title last hey, week. Hey, hey, nice. Hey, yeah, good for them. Uh, you picked Cleveland in six, and you were. You, I, I should have had it. Yeah, Cleveland had it that game six. Yeah, it was just a well played game that game six. And once it went to game seven, I th- it was over. Once you lose game six, it's pretty much over. Demoralizing. Um, yeah. Other than that, it's voting day. Voting day, otherwise known as election day, to those who are uh, not Canadian or Coloradan, like uh, Scooney. Colorado, and we have actually a mailbag question today from uh, one of my cohorts from Denver, so we'll get to that in a little bit. But That's exciting. Uh, are you voted? Have you voted? I, I voted early. Uh, I was online for about 50 minutes and uh, got a little bit of a heat stroke out there in the North Carolina sun, but it was all worth it. I also voted early. My wife voted early. Uh, I took my 16-month-old daughter to the voting line. Oh, she had a wonderful. She had a blast. You got those future voter stickers. Oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. So, so it was there was something to voting early because I got in and out about 20 minutes. I got, I got, that's great. I got really angry at a bunch of kids because I thought they had voted. And then I looked closer and I saw future voter and I, I gave them a pass. Okay. So we're not st- stuffing ballots or anything. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I was, I questioned democracy for a moment and then everything was fine. The election's rigged. Wait, wait. No, it's not. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's not. not. Well, let's look at our uh, fantasy uh, teams from this past week. We had a couple good hits and misses. If you guys listened to the show that, uh, this past week, um, hopefully you took some of our advice because we surely could have made you some winners. Uh, Scooney doesn't want to brag about himself because he's, he's an incredibly humble guy, but he hit big with benching <laughs> Des Bryant and starting Terrell Pryor. Scooney, how'd you know that was going to work out? Well, I just know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. What's, what's funny about that matchup is with Dak Prescott, he hasn't been really hitting Bryant much at all this year. Anyway, uh, that running game's been great, and it's an offense that against that Browns defense you could have exploited in 800 different ways. That's right. And uh, with Pryor playing at home, uh, you you got to really like that matchup because they're going to be throwing the ball. They're going to be down that whole game. And he's really emerged as, in my p- opinion, the, the top receiver on that team. Yeah. I it, There's no doubt about it. I mean, Corey Coleman's now back, but it was still Terrell Pryor's show. And I think I mentioned last week that there's really only room for one Brown to be good in any given week. On the receiving end, and this past week it was Terrell Pryor, but it's a warning to anyone who's got Gary Barnage, got Corey Coleman. Yep. You're, you, you know, you're rolling the dice. I think Pryor, you're right, has the edge right now, and uh, but it's not going to be a Pryor Coleman, you know, kind of show any given week. That catch he made on the sideline, that was a heck of a mm, catch. His, yeah. his ability to get open, he make that quick cut. He can get open as well as a lot of receivers in the league that I've been watching right now. Is he the best converted NFL player in decades? <laughs> Maybe since Cordell Stewart, Maybe since, but I would put him, you know, above Cord- <laughs> you know Cordell Stewart was a was a serviceable, okay, you know, quarterback, right? I would say yeah. Terrell Pryor is now a, a top fifteen, top twenty. Let's see, Antoine Randall, uh, and yeah. Julian Edelman, they were both college quarterbacks. Oh, I didn't realize that. But NFL, like to be an NFL, 
you know, NFL like NFL conversion. Like yeah, Pryor was drafted as a quarterback. It's just incredible to me. You 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 look back at what a hundred years ago. I can't even remember the you know the uh, uh, some of the players who would play on both sides of the ball. Yeah, there was a very very famous, and for some reason he slipped in my mind. Uh, Native American heritage, nineteen twenty or so, uh, who played like every single position, and and he was the, the super athlete. I'll remember it after the show. But uh, you know, Terrell Pryor to be able to be a great quarterback and then to be a great receiver on this level is just incredible. Um, also, uh, I, I advise people to start Rashard Matthews this past week. Great I, call. And I, I really had that feeling. I actually had him on my bench this week, what? not taking my own advice. This is, this is the second time in a row I have not taken my own advice, and it has burnt me. So uh, note to myself, start taking your own advice. What goes into your head? Now, seriously, this is a good question because a lot of listeners out there, I second-guessed myself this week and almost got burned. What what goes in your mind, Scooney, when, you're, when you sit there and look at a guy like Richard Matthews that you think is going to do well— what talks you out of it? And Jim Thorpe is the guy I was thinking of who's like the super athlete. Everyone look him up if you don't know who he is. I actually did a book report on Jim Thorpe when I was in like third or fourth grade. Really? Yeah. He's, I mean, he is, he is as great an athlete as you'll ever find. I think he was also like a lacrosse player and multi-sports in addition to playing yeah. every play of everything. Um, uh, no, I actually set Matthews in favor of Willie Sneed this past week. Um, I, I liked the matchup that Willie Sneed had, yeah. and it didn't pan out. Um, I probably should have started him over uh, Muhammad Sanu. Um, Sanu's just one of those weird, yeah. weird guys. I mean, what do you do with Sanu? I mean, he's the number two target in a pass-friendly offense, but he's it it he's not uh, he's not a true number two. He doesn't seem to be the kind of guy who's you know he's not the. The, the T.Y. Hilton to Reggie Wayne five years ago. He's not, you know, he's not an Emmanuel Sanders to Demarius Thomas. He's, there's not that kind of talent level, I don't think. There's a, there's a good chance he'll be uh, in my lineup again this week against the Eagles. Uh, we'll get to team-by-team matchups here just a little bit. Um, Matthews is going against Green Bay. I, I don't think that's an automatic start, but it's not an automatic sit either. So. Right, right. So, um, And then uh, Latavius Murray was discussed in oh, last week's uh I got that wrong, podcast. Scooney. He brings it up very gently, saying <laughs> Latavius Murray was disgusted and then looks at me with a little nod. Well, I say uh, that because uh, he kind of torched uh, the Broncos a little bit. Three one-yard scores. So here's the thing. You look at Latavius Murray. I got that wrong. I said sell high on Murray. Murray won people a lot of, a lot of weeks this past week. Uh, it, but keep in mind, again, when you look at he had as many touches as uh, as Washington and Richard had combined, mm-hmm. so he is the lead back, but he's not the bell cow, and his his week was saved just like Ryan Matthews in Philly, who somehow is being relevant in spite of the fact he's playing only about nine percent of the snaps every game. He's getting these little one yard cheapy touchdowns. So you know, James Cody, he did have a couple big runs though. <clears throat> were, he uh, did. You're absolutely right. I yeah. don't mean to dismiss it. He ran he ran as well as I've seen him run. Yeah. Those three one-yard touchdowns, hey, he earned it, right? You know, he gets in from one, congratulations. But the po- that's where an example where the points are, are uh, tilted towards, you know, beyond what I think he's actually, you know, he is as a running back, which is I think Latavius Murray is a top 25 running back. He's not a top 10 running back. Well, they also have a top 10 quarterback on that roster. They've got a lineman, both offense and defensive side of the ball, that can really control it. So if you look at the Raiders' defense as a potential start, if you look at Carr as a potential start, that team that we didn't think was going to be fantasy relevant now all of a sudden has 
potentially five starts on any given week. Yeah, that's right. And that's why last week I traded, uh, and I told, talked about it on this show, I traded yep. Devontae Booker uh, and Corey Coleman for uh, for essentially Amari Cooper. I mean, that was basically how it worked out because I, I saw Booker as, uh, as overrated. Um, that he had peaked, essentially. 10 carries for from... 22 yards or something <clears throat> this past yeah. week. and now Capri Bibbs might be getting more love, according to, to uh, you know, Gary Kubiak. So, you know, I didn't predict that would happen. What I did predict is that, based on Dev, uh, 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 Devontae Booker's schedule, he wasn't a guy I could trust to start. And Amari Cooper in that Oakland offense, between him and Michael Crabtree, you have, you have the best tandem, receiver tandem, that we've seen on the same team in a long time. I agree, especially for a Raiders team. Um, you also made another trade. You mentioned one of your trades with Booker. You also had made a trade involving Julio Jones and Jameis Winston. I feel like a trade involving Winston is discussed every week. That's right. <laughs> Jameis Winston <laughs> is the hot potato of the fantasy world. Look, Winston has a great <clears throat> uh, uh, fantasy uh, playoff schedule. Here's what I did. I And I talked about this on my blog, fantasyfootballforwinners.com. Uh, and I am uh, legally obligated not to then discuss it on WRAL.com, but I can on the podcast. Yes. So uh, I here's the thing with trades, folks. You might only have a few days left before your trade deadline. Find the, the person who is uh, feeling the most defeated, the most depressed about what's happened. It might be a guy like Scooney in your league who just lost crushing losses and, and has regret just written all over his face. And I targeted a guy who was 4-4. Four and four, He'd lost three straight. And he was not going to be fielding a, a, a stable lineup heading into Week 9. And I offered him a combination of Alan Hearns, way overrated, but still you know, conceivably a WR3. Dontrell Inman, overrated, WR3-4. Jameis Winston uh, and uh, Derrick Henry, who was just coming off a big game and people thought maybe Henry's going to start taking over. Yeah. And I got Julio Jones and you know players to be named later, essentially. In other words, garbage players. Uh, I thought that was the biggest steal that I could possibly get. Some people are going to say, I wish I could play in your league because that's how it works. I play in a league of fantasy sports writers. And all this to say, whatever league you're in, if you're desperate and you need to win that week to keep your fantasy playoff hopes alive, you will trade an elite player just to get six to ten point guys across the rest of your roster Mm -hmm. to try to make up the difference. Right. And I I think that's actually a good strategy uh, to try to get to that, you know, seven, eight seed if it's that's how big your playoffs are, whatever yeah. it may be. Because that's right around the corner in these leagues right now. We're, what, three, four three, weeks we, away? Four weeks, that's right. A lot of these things are ending week 13. So, uh, And that uh, actually goes back to one of your very, very first uh, columns that you wrote for WRLSportsFan.com as well as oh, so ex- exploit the, uh, the the weaker link in the league. Yes. So, oh, I love, love – exa- you know, it's nothing personal, folks. And you might have a best friend you know you've known for years, yeah. Or you might have a best friend you've known only a few uh, you know a few months, like me and Scooney. Uh, you know, but, but... Po- political pundits have been exploiting the weaker people for years. That's right. Speaking of election day, this is the <laughs> we are, we're an exploitative society. Let's face it. But nothing personal. You're in a league where it, do you want to win a title or do you want to make friends? And you got to answer that question when you're in a fantasy football league. Well, speaking of columns that you have been writing for WROSportsFan.com, there's one on uh, WROSportsFan.com today uh, written by BJ that talks about the complete absurdity that is the expert rankings that you find on your ESPNs, your CBS, your NFL's uh, um, hosted fantasy sites. And you pointed out one really, really good one to me as we were just discussing this where Simeon was projected to be like the 18th top 
uh, quarterback, but then the Broncos had two top six receivers. Two top eight receivers, yeah. that's right. So, so somehow the the site believed that, that two receivers would go off and the quarterback would be irrelevant. They're throwing to themselves. <laughs> that's right. That was a bold prediction. <laughs> uh, but, but no, you, as you go through this, you talk about uh, nine of, of 12 of the top um, predicted guys. guys. Yeah. I mean, I, I just threw out, I spent two minutes on Sunday morning just going through some of these rankings on one of these major sites, picked out 12 guys who I thought were dramatically overrated. And then at the end of the day, I looked at it and nine of the 12 turned out to be dramatically overrated. Yeah. And these were guys, these weren't, I'm not, I'm not saying, oh, I think Alan Hearns is overrated. I mean, this was Charkandrick West was the number six ranked, you know, a Which running that, back. That surprised me that he underperformed. He, I, for everything I had in me, I thought he was going to have yeah. a big game. I, you know, I, I just think West and Ware are apples and oranges, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, Jonathan Stewart coming off a huge game, but going up against a pretty tough Rams defense on the road. And you called it last week. You weren't yeah. confident on, in Carolina. And he was the eighth ranked one. So you get all these guys uh, who who come in and people say, ooh, well, let's look what the rankings say. Ooh, Andrew Lux is second ranked QB. I was very adamant on my blog, very adamant in my tweets that Andrew Luck was not going to have a good game. It turned out that, you know, one of those weird confluence of events, Indy wins, and it wasn't because of Andrew Luck. Uh, that was but, a wild game. Yeah, it was a crazy game. But the fact is, if you're, if you're going to go bold, don't look at rankings. Because rankings are the, uh, you know, I, I termed them the other day as the, uh, the empty calories of the fantasy uh, food pyramid. So okay. uh, there are things that make you feel good because you feel like you're doing research, but they're pretty much debunkable every single week. I play in a three-quarterback league where Cam Newton was projected to be the high, uh, Tannehill was number two, and Russell Wilson was number three. Those are th- my three and, quarterbacks. And there you go, Wilson. And sure enough, Russell Wilson, the, the projected three, yeah. had hands down the best week, almost double what the other two did. So. Yeah, very so, good point, Scooney. And uh, when you look to wide receivers, I couldn't agree more with uh, the ones that you picked out here with uh, Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders and Dante Moncrief. Demarius Thomas has no ability to get open right now. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know whether he's hurt or he just doesn't care. But if you have him on your team and you're listening to this, go ahead and trade him and exploit somebody. Uh, <laughs> Emmanuel Sanders has probably a little more upside in that offense, but yeah. And Moncrief, to to his credit, actually did get a, a late touchdown salvaging, and he was one of my wrong picks. I thought T. Y. Hilton would be the lead guy, and Moncrief mm-hmm. would would fade a little bit this week after it was reversed the week before. But you know, give Moncrief credit, but then. It goes to that point that I brought up a few weeks ago. When Moncrief comes back, you can't have a T.Y. Hilton and Dante Moncrief and Frank Gore all clicking on all cylinders. You could when it was just Hilton and Gore. But at a certain point, you have to realize that the way the Colts offense is, as good as the Colts offense is, they weren't going to be trotting out you know, fantasy startable guys among those three every single week. So you had to know that Hilton was going to take a hit. He was a top five receiver while Moncrief was out. And now we're seeing Hilton, some of it because of injury, some of it because other guys are getting looks. Hilton is reverting into the WR2, WR3 category. Yeah, it, he's been getting so much work in his career. I think that, yeah. you know, it's catching up to him. You, you don't have careers forever. So, um, Very prophetic. Wait, wait. I mean, is it something you're trying to tell me about my podcasting career? <laughs> absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> He just not. handed me a piece of paper while he said that, so I'm a little... <laughs> little I'll read it after the show. <laughs> a little pink slip folded up. <laughs> uh, but let's, uh, let's take a peek at some of this week's games. Let's uh, real quickly breeze down the, the slate. Uh, Thursday night's matchup, it's probably a little better than Atlanta-Tampa Bay on paper. 
Probably, it, it, you know, this is a rivalry night, yeah. right? Baltimore, Cleveland, I'm really everyone ex- hates I'm really excited to see what the Cleveland uniforms will look like. These, these power <laughs> rush, whatever color uniforms that these teams are trotting out. I can only imagine. Hopefully they're the whites. Scooney, Scooney watches football in an entirely different way than the rest of us. It's wonderful. It's I make wonderful my picks based on uniforms. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there's a couple good ones here. Is um, is Terrence West going to bounce back and be able to run against Cleveland? Does uh, Cleveland have a guy? Is this Barnage is weak? What's going on with this matchup? Yeah, I, I think the backfield in Baltimore is just one of those wait and see. Uh, you know, you, you could trot because it's Cleveland. You could definitely trot out West or Dixon and yeah. have a dart throw. Um, but it's this is one of those cases where you have two teams with 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 a pair of running backs each and a passing game where you've got you know Terrell Pryor and Corey Coleman on one side and Mike Wallace on the other. So you've got a very concentrated amount of talent. Uh, and you know Wallace is a must start because let's face it, he's a top fifteen receiver. And he had a huge week last week too. Huge week. Play him hot. But I can't trust any other receiver. It's a dart. If you throw out Smith, Perriman, Aiken. You're just you're just kind of making stuff up, hoping that something happens. I think Wallace is a must start in that one, and I take a flyer on Barnage as well in this one. Hmm. Nice. Um, Green Bay, Tennessee. Uh, Green Bay. It looks like Cobb is finally starting to re-emerge himself, and every time yeah. he does, he'll get a catch. And yeah. Uh, I don't know. You know that Tennessee pass defense we talked about. It yep. is actually sneaky better than that's right. You think that's right. Um, I think that this is a game where where you pick and choose your Green Bay talents and yeah. what uh, um, Ty Montgomery had maybe what one target last week. Yeah, I think he ran the ball a lot more. Ran and, uh, the ball seven times and had one pass target. Yeah, um, I look for him to be reimmersed into that offense a little bit. Yeah. So if you wanted, to, if you have a flex spot and really want to take a shot, I like that. You like Ty Montgomery in the flex. Yeah, I think it's going to be a grinded out game. I think it's going to be one of the lowest scoring games for Green Bay all season, and I think it's going to be one of those games where it's like fourteen to ten, and it's just field position. Well, they've been giving up like eighty points a game over the last month. So yeah. if they yeah. score less than twenty, I don't like their chances. <laughs> <laughs> it's been hurt. I, I want to see if Sam Shields. I think it's Sam Shields. He's been out for weeks. I don't know if he was back last week, to be honest. <clears throat> but I want to see if he's back because he's. They're you know as much of a lockdown cornerback as they have, and he will. It's tough with Tennessee because Tennessee's got four or five guys. Any right. one of them could jump in, which really you know Richard Matthews to the point yeah, earlier with Scooney. You just can't predict this stuff. I, I think he's a potential start there as well. Um, I, I will not keep him on my bench this week and see what happens. This is the week he'll get two catches and two points. <laughs> uh, Minnesota and Washington is a very interesting game for. What this, is up with Minnesota? This, yeah, the standings. It's interesting for that. I mean, yeah. I don't know other than fantasy. I don't see a whole lot of upside on really either side. Do you James, like Jameson Crowder? I mean, he's your guy, right? Yeah. Um, and we have a question in the mailbag coming up on Crowder. Um, oh, I can't wait. But uh, I guess you have to start Crowder if you're going to start anybody on that Washington team right now. Yeah. I mean, he's the he's the lead guy. I mean, it, it, I thought it was going to be next season. You know, Washington would have shed. Deshaun Jackson, Shed, Pierre Garçon, and then you'd have a Josh Doxson, Jameson Crowder, you know, uh, receiving core. It looks like Crowder right now is just, you know, he's the number one. Deshaun Jackson is is uh, uh, almost a distant memory. I don't know why anyone at this point would start Deshaun Jackson. He was always boom bust, and now you're not even getting the boom. Um, and what's up with Minnesota's defense? They've been hurt. They've got a bunch of hurt guys. That's one. That's one issue. But this is a case, just like what Scooney said, the winner of this game. Is looking, you know, much better for the playoffs. Washington would go to five, three, and one. Minnesota would go to six and three. I, you know, Washington. If Washington wins this, Minnesota's in a 
heap of trouble yeah. with an inferior quarterback in Sam Bradford that everyone should have known was a bad quarterback going into this season. A terrible running game since Adrian Peters went down. They Jerry- just picked up Ronnie Hillman a couple weeks yeah. ago. And, and it's out of desperation. Yeah. I mean, this is a, you know, and then Laquan Treadwell hasn't produced. Stefan Diggs has been irrelevant largely uh, since he got hurt. Uh, you know, this is a team. <laughs> If you look at Minnesota right now, they are. Remember when Dante Culpepper? I think they started eight zero. It was like nineteen ninety eight or something with, with like Randy that. Randy Moss and Robert yeah. Smith, and they finished like eight and eight, or yeah. they started seven and one, and they finished eight and eight, and they didn't make the playoffs. This is what it reminds me of. This is a team that started, I think, five and zero, and I think they're strong risk of not making the playoffs. I would agree with that. <clears throat> Next game: Chicago at Tampa Bay. It's a beautiful stadium down there, Raymond James, and oh, you were t- just there. That's and right. a terrible defense in Chicago. I think this. If you have any Tampa Bay player, play yeah. them. Yeah, a- Even anybody. The ball boy, ball girl, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you never look, know if they might get in the game. Ball girl at flex. Um, I think I think she could go off for three fifty. Three fifty yards. <laughs> uh, no, Jameis Winston. Y- even if you're have been sitting him behind a Cam Newton kind of kind of guy, or or behind a, a, a Ben Roethlisberger, Carson Palmer, those kinds of guys. Play Winston this week. Yeah, I agree. I, I had a tweet last week about Jameis Winston that he was facing. He he had had terrible games against really tough defenses. And you guys got to be careful about this if you're listening. When when someone, you know, six, seven weeks into the season is a mediocre player, take a look at their stats and figure out, are they great against bad talent and really not good against, you know, really good talent? <clears throat> because Kirk Cousins last year, great against bad talent, not good at all against good talent. Ooh, and we ooh. saw the same thing with Winston this year where he was night and day it was like 12 touchdowns and three interceptions against the bad teams and like one touchdown and five interceptions against the good ones. The one uh, uh, caution against that game is the Tampa Bay backfield is still a bit of a mess. Uh, Antoine uh, uh, Smith, Smith and, yep, <laughs> just, just got right. put on IR. That's right. Um, Jacquez Rogers is still is out. Peyton Barber's practice. day? Is, this, is Peyton Barber going to lead the— uh, Unless the Dougie game. Martin comes back. They, yeah. they said he has a chance to come back into practice this week, and that could— uh, Take it away from that, but uh, probably be without because Rogers again. So. Yeah, it's a, it's a messy. A lot of backfields are pretty messy. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's the story of the day. What do you think, Carolina, Kansas City? I think Carolina keeps its run at the, at a playoff spot. The only thing that they have going for them this week is they're at home. At yeah. Kansas City defense is good. Yeah, they are. I mean, good. The, I, I put them right as one of the top defenses in all the league. If if for whatever reason they're still available in your league, get them. They should not be. Um, so, no, um, I don't think Carolina has a whole lot of viable options in this one. Um, you may want to take a flyer on Calvin Benjamin if he's been on your bench lately uh, just because that's been such a bad offense. But I think more of the plus sides comes in that Kansas City. Uh, this might be Shane Kedrick's West. It might be his week. Hmm. Um, so I, I think more of the better plays in this one fall on the Kansas City side of things with the road team going against the lesser yeah. defense. I, I like Carolina in this game. Uh, Carolina has almost no shot to get to the playoffs. They're going to, after the Saints next week, they'll play Oakland, Seattle, San Diego, uh, and then finishing up with uh, Washington, Atlanta, Tampa Bay. They're probably going to lose two or three of those games. They're going to be out of the playoffs. But they, this is, they're, they're threading the needle right now, and I think they're going to step up. I think Cam Newton's going to step up. The good thing going for him against Kansas City is that Kansas City plays a very conservative offense. Yes. And so you're not going to see Kansas City, I don't think, Put up a bucket of points, and I think it's going to keep Carolina in the game. Is Ted Ginn even an option? <clears throat> I've never viewed Ted Ginn as an option. I know you talk about <laughs> him, and I, I think that Carolina passing game right now is 
I have Kelvin Benjamin. I've been deeply disappointed. Uh, I don't blame Kelvin Benjamin. He's a great guy. But uh, this is an offense where you just can't predict where the— Greg Olson's the only predictable entity in that offense right now. Okay. Atlanta and Philadelphia. Um, this on paper to me looks like a, a rather garbage game uh, in terms of fantasy value on either side. Uh, I, I really don't have much more than that. There's, there's nobody yeah. when I look at these rosters <clears throat> that say, this person can emerge and start this week. Yeah, I— Philly, Philly's defense is probably better than how it's played the last couple of weeks. They're going back home. They have a must-win game. I think it should be a fun game. It should be, you know, these are two very good teams when they're good. I think the problem with Philly right now is they don't really have an identity. Right. They've got a rookie quarterback who's, right. who's lagged. Uh, they have, uh, you know, all this talent with Jordan Matthews and Zach Ertz and, you know, who, who everyone's, you know, get exposed and then they, they, they retreat and then they get, because Carson Wentz just can't, He's still a rookie. He's still learning. Every other week, we score as many as half of their yeah, roster. That's right. So that's right. So it's just a tough. It's tough to lean on Philly, even though this is a great matchup against Atlanta. You know, is Dar- I would say Darren Sproles is probably one of the most reliable guys you have, just because you figure Darren Sproles is going to get twelve touches. Yeah, and he about took a punt back to the house too uh, the other day. So um, Rams and Jets. Um, having just watched that Rams game against uh, the rough game against Carolina, I think they're they're a banged up team, but that's a pretty good defense. Yeah, I, I don't know if the Jets have any firepower uh, that could get get to the Rams. Um, Brandon Marshall, I've had on my roster, oh. and I just I can't seem to to unload him <laughs> as much <laughs> as much as I want to. Uh, but but I don't know if uh, even Brandon Marshall is a, a viable start this week against the Rams. Yeah, I agree. I uh, you know I tried to trade for Brandon Marshall. I wish you were in my league. I would have traded for him three weeks ago. I and tried I would, to trade for would have Brandon been so Marshall. much better for it. Yeah, I, I was offering. I mean, I, if you look back on all the trades that people haven't made with me, I should be uh, you know two and seven right now instead of seven and two. But uh, you know, uh, people wanted to cling to guys like Brandon Marshall, and it's uh, their loss. Uh, let's skip around just real quick. Yeah. Uh, Denver uh, with uh, Devontae Booker producing absolutely nothing. The receiving core, absolutely nothing last yeah. week. Uh, Capri Bibbs was the best player in that offense. I don't. He's s- available in a lot of leagues. He is. He is. And he is also returning kicks and has the opportunity to break one loose. Um, they're going against the Saints, uh, which we have a Who mail- can stop the Saints? Right now, nobody. There's yeah. a mailbag question that's going to address them here in just one oh, minute. Uh, Houston-Jacksonville is a game that uh, could be... Very interesting. I, I do like Bortles going in that one if you if you don't have better options. Um, anybody from Houston? Um, uh, barely. You know, if Lamar Miller's starting, he, he goes back to being an every week starter as long as he's healthy. Yeah. But what a, you know, I can't say it enough, Brock Osweiler. Everyone out there who, you got to understand who the quarterback is to understand how your receiver is going to do. And I want to say that just again and again and again. If Landry Jones is quarterbacking in Pittsburgh versus Ben Roethlisberger, it changes the entire complexion of your fantasy prospects if you have one of those receivers. Same thing is true in Houston, and we're seeing it. We'll talk about the uh, Pittsburgh game real quick since you brought up uh, Roethlisberger. Uh, he has to have a bounce-back game this has week. Yeah. Uh, they're going against Dallas, though, and Prescott, surely he's not going to get a road win in Pittsburgh, is he? Certainly not. This is, uh, this is one of those games where Pittsburgh realizes it's all on the line. Uh, Le'Veon Bell hasn't run that well. You know, Pittsburgh's down one against Baltimore uh, in an, you know, in, 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 and technically is out of the playoffs right now if the season ended today. Uh, they have to win. They, they almost have to win out. I, you know, they're now 4-4. Yeah. Four four. I think they have to go 10-6 and six to get a playoff spot. 
So it uh, has to start this week. Is there a starting running back in San Francisco at Arizona? Well, it's funny you say that because I won this past week largely because I offered, uh, uh, I dropped Paul Perkins for Dewan Harris. Okay. <laughs> and I regretted it. And I tried to trade yesterday Dewan Harris back for Paul Perkins. And the guy wrote back, have a nice day. Uh, which was very, you know, wow, very gentlemanly salty. of him. Yeah, it, well, <laughs> salt, it's salty. I took it as gentlemanly. Okay. Uh, because he could have just ignored me. So I was glad okay. that at least he responded. But you're he, right. He it gave was... you the time of day. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And it was the wrong time. And it was the wrong time of day. <laughs> I like that should be like in a Clint Eastwood movie or something like that. Uh, and it was the wrong time of day. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, this is a case where Dewan Harris comes out of nowhere I took a flyer on him because I desperately needed a number two running back because of bye week stuff, and I won my week because of it. So uh, don't expect it <laughs> again. Uh, Arizona's run defense is is good, uh, uh, and Arizona's at home. I think San Francisco's in a heap of trouble. This is this has yep. twenty three nothing written all over it. Seattle, New England. If, if we really need to break down the rosters of these two teams yeah. at this point, uh, that's sad, and you probably shouldn't be playing fantasy football anyway because. Almost everybody on both of these offenses. Twelve guys right now, can, yeah. yeah. And then the Monday night game, Cincinnati and New York. Um, New York has guys that are are two, three guys up and down that lineup, as does yeah. Cincinnati. So Eli Manning's hit or miss, and yep. you know if you hit him on the right week, you win. If you if you hit him on the wrong week, you'll probably lose your week. Let's go to those mailbag questions. We've we've kind of hinted on a couple of these things. Cody from Peoria, Illinois asks, Michael Thomas or Jamison Crowder, who has more upside? I am so high on both of these people that uh, do you say do you say both? Is that the answer? I think Crowder has <laughs> a better upside on certain matchups, and you have to pick them. Yeah. I think Michael Thomas is probably going to emerge as a more consistent player, especially in keeper leagues where he potentially could be a keeper for next year. Wow. I mean, he is, from what I'm seeing in that offense, is emerging as a legit number one potential Pro Bowl wide. Are you saying that Willie Sneed and Kobe Fleener, those guys are going to take a backseat to Thomas? Well, they already have been. They already is have. That going to con- that's a good point. Are they going to continue to take a backseat? Is Thomas the number two guy right now? Yes. In I, I agree 100%. He is. Yeah. And the catch that he made in the in the corner of the end zone, yeah. I'm like, he has all the tools. He has the speed. He gets in and out of routes. Yeah. He can get open to get the catches. If you've earned Drew Brees' trust, it's that's a Peyton Manning level trust. That's yeah. uh, that's yeah. not going away. Yeah. They're going to keep getting the ball. Um, I'm going to go Jameson Crowder in that one. I okay. think that I think there's always this issue of uh, of of offense and then counter defense and then counter offense. And we see Michael Thomas go off, and I don't think we've seen defenses adjust yet. I think with Jameson Crowder, he is the number one guy in Washington, and Michael Thomas, I think, is going to have. You can't keep doing that before defenses start to lock in on you. And I think Thomas is start to is going to start to draw some of that attention that he hasn't yet, as despite how good he is. And I think Crowder is going to skate through with continued WR two value. Well, we're going to put up one more mailbag question here at the buzzer. Noah from Denver, thank you, my stomping grounds. Um, would you trade Emmanuel Sanders for Doug Martin? Noah, I'm assuming you're a Broncos fan. I am too. I look at Emmanuel <laughs> Sanders and I don't see a whole lot of upside right now. Doug Martin, on the other hand is hurt. You know, we don't know if he's even going to practice or play this week. Yeah. It depends on how far down the road you're looking. If you can keep right. Sanders for one more week and then maybe look for Martin in two weeks, then I say yes. Um, but Sanders right now has much more upside than Demarius Thomas. 
So if you're not confident in an injured running back, then hang on to Sanders. Yeah, I I think it I think it comes down. I like Scooney's answer. I think it comes down to if you're desperate for a running back. I don't think Doug Martin is the same Doug Martin, you know, that we would expect from last season. Even if he comes back, I don't see him being a, an RB one or even an RB two. So Doug Martin is a nice filler, and Emmanuel Sanders Sanders is a nice filler. It just yeah. depends on which position you need to fill. I think on a week to week basis, Sanders would be in your flex spot ahead of Doug Martin. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. So, well, that's all the time we have. We need to get uh, BJ on the road here. Uh, I need to get back to bed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we get here at at, at seven fifteen in the morning, so it's a, you know it's an early morning. I have to work election coverage tonight, and I'll be in the newsroom till one a.m. You serious? Yeah, yeah. I, I need to get a nap in. So, well, thank you guys for listening so much. Hopefully, we made you uh, a winner again this week uh, for BJ. This is Scooney. Be sure to find us on iTunes at the Google Play Store on wsportsfan.com. And best of luck to all you guys on your week. Thanks. You've been listening to the Winners and Winers Football Podcast with BJ and Scooney. Remember that you can download or subscribe to our podcast in the iTunes and Google Play stores. 